The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's a Monday edition of PFTOT, the show that we do after we finish PFT Live and after Chris returns from the little boys' room. So Chris is back and ready to go. We had some fun today on the show, but one thing we want to do now, and this is very simple. We do five topics most days, some days four. Today we're doing five topics, and the topics are as straightforward as they can be. What we think will happen with the top five picks in the draft based upon what we currently know now. And let's begin, as we should, with pick number one. The Arizona Cardinals will be on the clock come Thursday night. Chris, I think you and I both believe at this point that it will indeed be Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray. Yeah, I do expect it to be all signs point point towards that. Uh, To me, it just makes too much sense. One, Kyler Murray is a, you know, a phenomenal prospect. I mean, great thrower, good decision maker, unbelievable athlete, really a skill set that we haven't seen very often in the NFL. It's up there with Michael Vick as far as that's concerned. And I would say he's probably a better passer than Michael Vick was coming out. But you just hired Cliff Kingsbury to be your head coach slash offensive coordinator. We know he loves Kyler Murray. He's going to want to get his offense on off to a good start. And Kyler Murray's a good good get-out-of-jail-free card for, oh, this play didn't work. Well, he just scrambled for 10 yards and made it look good. So thank God. Uh, That's why I think they go Kyler Murray. One key factor to watch in all of this, I was told this on Friday, and it makes a ton of sense. If Kyler Murray follows through on his commitment to attend the draft on Thursday night, he's the first overall pick. If Mm. he cancels, he's not the first overall pick because Cliff Kingsbury will know what the Cardinals are going to do. Cliff Kingsbury is represented by the same agent who represents Kyler Murray. Kingsbury will owe it to Eric Burkhart to tell him if Murray is not the guy. And the thinking is there's no way Murray shows up on Thursday and gets embarrassed by not being the first overall pick in the draft. That watch for him to pull out. If he does, he won't be the first pick. If he goes, the indication is he's the first pick. And if he gets surprised when he's at the draft and he thinks he's going to be the first pick and he's not, he may have a new agent next week at this time. Yeah, that's uh, definitely an interesting angle. I, I always I keep forgetting that Burkhart represents both of them. That's certainly something to watch out for. But yes, I mean, it would be amazing if he doesn't go number one because it's going to shake up the whole draft and where does he end up going and who, who makes a move to get him, whatever it may be. But yes, right now I'm saying he is number one to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and here's the other thing. If it's not the Cardinals, I feel like the option isn't take someone else. The option would be trade that pick to someone who really wants Kyler Murray, and then the Cardinals trade down and they address other areas of need. I think it would be it would be a huge shock if they just take somebody else and leave Kyler Murray on the board for the 49ers to possibly trade down then at number two. So assuming Murray's gone right. with the first overall pick and the 49ers are on the clock next – 
All signs have been pointing in one direction. Ohio State defensive end Nick Bosa. Do you think that that's what they do, or do you think they're ready to throw us a curveball? Well, I feel like they've been trying to throw a curveball. There's been a little more Quinn and Williams chatter with the the 49ers lately. Uh, And and to me, I think that's probably propaganda, maybe hoping that, you know, teams that have Quinn and Williams as the number one player on their draft board maybe will trade up to number two and get him. I would think that's what's going on there. But as it stands right now, now and the 49ers at number two I do think it's going to be Nick Bosa Nick Bosa certainly in that conversation is the best player of the draft coming off the edge the 49ers have drafted defensive tackles three to the last five years in the first round they got the two you know uh, Oregon kids and DeForest Buckner Eric Armstead Solomon Thomas from from Stanford are all top 10 picks and then uh, I just think it makes too much sense to have the edge guy to go along with who they signed in free agency or traded for in free agency and D Ford, I think that will complete an unbelievable defensive line and take a little pressure off the Kyle Shanahan offense and, and rely on this defense to make some plays for them every now and then. Uh, I expect it to be Bosa. See, I, I just can't get past the idea that the 49ers, yeah. who know all too well what Aaron Donald can do when it comes to your trademark pending F up the play statistic, getting a Quinnen Williams who can come in and completely destroy the interior offensive line and make it easier for D Ford and others to get to the quarterback or the ball carrier or just otherwise create havoc because Quinnen Williams is setting the stage for it with what he can do in the middle of the offensive line. So I, I somebody said to me last week, yeah. you know, there's been so much steam pointing toward Bosa and there hasn't been much effort by the 49ers to push back against it that maybe they do have a trick up their sleeve and maybe this Williams stuff coming out now isn't propaganda. Maybe it's the truth starting to bubble to the surface, but we'll find out at pick number two. And they could always trade like they did a couple of years ago when they had pick number two. They went down to number three, uh, flip-flop with the Bears who came up one spot to get Mitchell Trubisky. All right. right, this year at number three, a team that traded up last year to three. This year they earned number three. That's the New York Jets, Chris. They really would like to trade down, but one of the things I think you and I agree on, they're not going to trade down until they're on the clock because – We won't know who's there at number three until those first two picks are used, and that's going to be a huge factor because it's very different players who will possibly be left over once pick one and two are used. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, it will. It's going to go a long way to how this whole draft shakes out. You know, at pick number three, okay, hey, uh, first off, it's a defensive guy all the way. I don't think there's anybody but a quarterback that would be worthy of, you know, maybe that there. And the Jets, of course, are good at quarterback. There's no offensive line worthy of top five. There's no wide receiver. There's no running back worthy of top five. So for me, if we just go the way it is right now, when we go Kyler Murray one, and then Nick Bosa, number two, right? At pick three, the Jets, it comes down to a two-player discussion, uh, I think, as far as top five talents concerned. And that's Quinnen Williams from Alabama, who you just talked about, who I think is the best player in the draft. Now, the Jets have Leonard Williams, a defensive tackle. They're pretty good in the interior part of their defensive line, so maybe they go, eh. Or if it's not Quinnen Williams... It's Ed Oliver, okay? Ed Oliver from Houston, who might have more of a similar skill set to Aaron Donald. And let me remind you that the defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, was with the St. Louis Rams when they drafted uh, Aaron Donald. 
and he might like a guy like Ed Oliver next to a Leonard Williams, who's a bigger type of guy. Now you get a guy like Aaron Donald, who's, you know, Ed Oliver is extremely quick, athletic, disruptive that way. So I think I'm, as I'm sitting here logically trying to spin this off in my own brain, I think the Jets go Ed Oliver at number three. I think they're going to make him the other defensive tackle, uh, you know, on the other side of the center there from Leonard Williams, and they're going to have some group of disruptive interior D linemen, and that would be my pick right now. I think the Jets go Ed Oliver three, defensive tackle from Houston. But their preference does seem to be find an acceptable deal to trade yes. down. But but again, you don't trade up for the spot. You trade up for a player. Last year was the exception. The Jets traded up knowing that they were going to get a quarterback, and they were content yes. that they may get the third quarterback on their board. That was good enough for them. They ended up getting the second quarterback on their board because I, I heard from plenty of people last year, Baker Mayfield was the guy they would have preferred was available when they picked with the number three overall selection. But they love Sam Darnold. And it worked out. But this year, the other uh, the other cycle is the Jets at three. They're going to have to wait until they're on the clock. And I think that they're going to try their best to find a deal and move down. All right, the Raiders at number four, Chris. We've heard a lot about John Gruden being smitten with Kyler Murray. He's probably going to be gone. Do you think, though, if he's there, the Raiders take Kyler Murray? Gosh, if he is there... Yeah, I think there's a really good chance the Oakland Raiders would take Kyler Murray. I do. Uh, I think John Gruden will be too infatuated with his skill set, just the way he was when Russell Wilson came out, right? I mean, I can remember Gruden arguing with Mel Kuyper for like an hour straight on Russell Wilson. You know, we've talked about it a little bit the last few weeks. I mean, Gruden thought Johnny Manziel should have been the first pick of the draft that year, the second pick, the third pick. I mean, every pick that came up, he's like, I'd take Johnny Manziel. Uh, well, if, if he liked those guys, Kyler Murray's better than both of them coming out, certainly. Certainly better than Johnny Manziel, who was not a first-round quarterback back for for my evaluation but yes uh I think if that did happen uh Kyler Murray would be their pick but I think if we went the way we are talking right now I think number four Oakland Raiders would be Quinnen Williams the defensive tackle we've talked about so much from Alabama uh I really look at three and four if things stay status quo as being interchangeable right Mike I really think that if Quinnen Williams went number three to the New York Jets I think Ed Oliver goes number four to the Oakland Raiders that would just be my that would be my my logic. Maybe I'm wrong. Just the fact that John Gruden was so all in on Johnny Manziel when he was a TV draft analyst. Yeah. Doesn't that tell you he should have no personnel authority with any NFL team? Just be the coach. You cook the meal. Someone else is shopping the groceries because you would have bought Johnny Manziel. It, I, it's amazing to me that he's actually got juice. And, and I wonder how many times Mike Mayock has tried to subtly remind him when he's been making a point that may contradict what Mayock thinks, that he's the guy that, that thought that, that Johnny Mansell should have been. You know, I hadn't thought of this. Guys who were like, you know, on dueling draft broadcasts for multiple years, one with NFL Network and one with ESPN, they're now teamed up. Yeah. They get a chance to, to, to actually do what they were criticizing others about for all those years and see if they can, they can do something with three first-round draft picks. But I agree with you. If Murray's gone, and I think he will be, it's going to be a defensive player, best defensive player left. They need help defensively, number one, to make people forget about Khalil Mack, and number two, to deal with Patrick Mahomes. I think they should use all three first-round picks on on defensive players in an effort to slow down the Chiefs' offense. Worry about John Gruden and his ability to put together the right offensive structure with what they already have. 
worry about the defense with those three first-round picks. All right, number five, Bruce yeah. Arians, coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs trying to turn things around quickly. They're in position to get an impact player. There should be a great player left on the board based on some of the names we've already discussed. What do you think the Buccaneers do? Well, uh, uh, when you get to this area, it's like there's there's two guys that jump out to me. I mean, there's the Josh Allen factor, the Kentucky edge pass rusher slash linebacker who, you know, a lot of people compare to maybe Anthony Barr that way. Uh, so, and the Bucks need, they, they probably, there's a need for another edge pass rusher over there opposite of uh, JPP. So that could make a little sense. Uh, but I think that really when all said and done, I think it really will be this guy. Pick number five, Devin White, linebacker from LSU. That would be my pick if I was GM. I think Devin White, just as a pure physical specimen and player, is better than Roquan Smith uh, from last year who was picked at number seven from the Chicago Bears out of Georgia, I believe. But Devin White, to me, has more raw ability than Ro- Roquan Smith. Plays better in the trash between the tackles better than Roquan Smith, a little bit more of an explosive athlete, I think, from sideline to sideline. Uh, so I, I, they lost Quan Alexander in free agency to the San Francisco 49ers. I look at him as uh, being a good fit for the Todd Bowles defense, too, where he likes those athletic guys in the middle, and I think that fits uh, just perfectly there with Devin White. Yeah, I mean, much like the Raiders, let the head coach deal with the offense and use the draft picks to pump up the defense. They've been trying so hard in recent years to improve that defense, which has been a a major problem for the Buccaneers and a far cry from what it was, Chris, when you were drafted by them in 2003 and they were coming off that Super Bowl that they won on the strength of the defense. They have a long way to go to get back there, and there's a lot of pressure on GM Jason Light to make some good picks on Bruce Arians, the head coach, to have an impact quickly. This has been regarded as kind of a boomer bust coaching hire, that it's either going to be spectacular or it's just going to fall apart. How they do on defense is going to go a long way toward determining how effective they are offensively and overall. And I, I think you're right. It, it's going to be, you know, I think Kyler Murray is going to be the only offensive player taken in the top five, and the rest are going to be defensive guys. Yeah. It all depends upon who likes whom and how they fall. Yep. No, I think you're exactly right. It's, it's a weird year. The quarterbacks are not viewed other than Kyler Murray as these, you know, top three picks like last year, where I think, you know, a lot of people could have made four out of the five quarterbacks drafted in the first round, could have justified that those guys were top three picks. And then, yes, not as maybe special top end high elite, you know, wide receivers in the draft. Uh, so some of those things are missing in this draft to maybe, you know, just make it a little bit more sexy or maybe more action as far as trades are happening in the top five. I think things will say status quo. We, You mentioned it. The Jets are looking to trade down at number three. I just go, okay, who is it? What is it that's going to make somebody trade up and get into that top five to want one of these guys? That's where I'm going to be fascinated because, of course, maybe there's some guy that team a team values that we don't value as high and they love them and they want to go get them, uh, whoever that may be. You know, that's one thing about this year. I know in past years it has felt like the hierarchy has been very easy to predict as to who goes where and how it all separates. This year, it's all jumbled. Yeah, It really is. It is. Even with Kyler Murray at number one overall, I'm not 100% sold it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think he'll know whether it's going to happen or not. But I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't bet anything I care about on Kyler Murray being number one overall at this point. I, like I said, I feel like it'll happen. But I, I, I kind of like the idea that we really don't know how it's all going to play out. I'm sure 
the the TV networks love that too because it's all the more reason to tune in and see what happens on yeah. Thursday night. Yeah, no, uh, yes, it, it's it's going to be fun, and these guys are awesome players. It's just yes, there's some offensive sexiness missing from from this draft, especially in the the top half of the first round. I mean, there's a good chance we see Kyler Murray go one, and then really the next few offensive guys. They might be offensive linemen and a tight end, which is just crazy. You know, we're not going to be talking about any receivers or, or anything like that, but that is the draft this year. It kind of lacks that kind of firepower, but still a lot of good football players. So this thing you're doing on Thursday night that you didn't invite me to participate in in New York, you're going to a bar. Why didn't you just drive up to Massachusetts and do it at a dispensary? Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess we probably have to check with NBC Legal on that one. I mean, I, <laughs> I'd be all for it. <laughs> Let me go. If they could put a TV in the dispensary and no one's going to get me fired from the job, uh, I'm, I'm signed up. Let me go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, well that, that'll, that'll be coming up in a few nights. Where are you going to be in New York? Are we going to promote know, this? Yeah, we're, I think we're, we got it narrowed down to a few bars, and yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna pick here and some of the powers to be very soon, and then uh, start pubbing it a little bit. All right, well, I'll do what I can to help you out. Thank uh, you. But again, thanks for the invitation. I'm glad to be not part of it. We'll see you <laughs> on Wednesday for PFT Live and PFT OT. Everybody, check us out around the clock at ProFootballTalk.com. New Chris Sims on button coming later today, and we'll be getting you ready all week long for the draft. It's going to be here before you know it, and we can't wait to see how it all plays out. Everybody, have a great day. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.